0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 100. For 100 days, I did a daily podcast and I want to share with you my lessons. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. I got this crazy idea of launching my podcast with 100 episodes in 100 days. In this episode, I'll share with you the lessons I learned and what are my biggest takeaways for a great podcast project. Get my podcasting resources and the show notes of this episode by going to signal.com forward slash 100. I did it. I've done 100 podcast episodes in 100 days, and I want to celebrate with you and share with you my biggest lessons on this journey. If you want to know all about my podcast equipment, why originally I wanted to do a podcast show, and the people who inspired me, I suggest you go to podcast episode number 12, where I shared behind the scenes of my podcast launch. This episode is all about the lessons I've learned after doing 100 podcast episodes in 100 days. So let's start with lesson one. If you can dream it, you can do it. It's a quote from Walt Disney. And it's never more relevant than when you have done something that you didn't really believe you could do. Well, yes, I kind of believed that I would do it. But now, in hindsight, I am truly amazed that I've pulled this off. Doing daily podcast episodes is not for the faint of heart. It's, uh, it's quite an investment in time and money. And when you start out, you are very passionate about it and it's kind of exciting. But at some time along the way, it becomes comes, you know, a part of what you do on a daily basis. And sometimes it's quite difficult. Sometimes I've recorded a podcast episode at 2 a.m. that was going to be released the next day. Now, luckily, this didn't happen often, but it did. And I realized it is good when a project like this has an end. You know, doing a daily podcast all the time, it's not something I want to do, but Doing it for 100 days was something that kind of I wanted to prove it to myself and others that this is possible. And it truly is. If you can dream it, you can do it. And the second lesson is, well, even if you have a weakness, if you're not good at something, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Whether you know it or not, consistency is absolutely my number one weakness not strength weakness i did the expanded strength finder test and figured this out about a year ago or so that consistency was way at the bottom and the strength finder coach that worked with me to figure this out she told me don't worry about it no problem you can use some other strengths to kind of make up for this weakness and when you have a weakness in your strength finder test that's the way you are. You can't really fix it. So what have I done, especially in this project, to make sure I could keep on this consistency? Well, the thing is, I ha- feel a sense of responsibility. When I've shared with the world that I'm going to do 100 podcast episodes, 100 days, then I am going to do it. I'm not going to fail. And it's kind of this responsibility and conscientiousness that has helped me follow through. When it comes to many other things, I really struggled with consistency. But this project has shown me that even if I do have this weakness, I can still do it. So if anyone comes to me, (laughs) one of my clients or anyone who is asking me for advice and say, well, I'm not really good at consistency. How can I do something like this? How can I block weekly? How could I do a, a weekly podcast? And then I will tell you right now, if I can do a daily podcast for 100 days and consistency is my number one weakness, anyone can do this. Anyone. The third lesson I want to share with you is this would not have been possible if I wouldn't have set up a great process. Now, this great process doesn't involve any complicated... uh, software or tools but more about how you work with yourself on the planning and with other people so actually the best thing one of the best things I did for this project was to create a huge excel sheet you know I didn't get any resources from other people how to kind of manage this how to kind of set up a process and I I remember one setting with my team uh Couple of months before I actually kind of started this project, and I was saying to my online business manager, "We need a process. We need a process," and uh, it didn't really sink in with the team uh, what I was talking about. And I thought we could use a project management system or a process-oriented system, but what I figured out the best way to do this was to use Excel or actually Google Sheets. So I created this huge Google sheet that has the number of the podcast episode, the day of the week, which is going to be posted, the date, of course, the category. I, I, you know, I cover different topics, so I like to have the category, the title of the podcast, the guest, if it has a guest, whether anything needed to be due specifically when in the editing process, if I have maybe included some markers that need to be deleted out or something, Transcript. We made transcript for every single episode, so a team had to know if a transcript had been done or not. I marked into the Google sheet whether I had recorded an episode or when it would be recorded. So let's say November 2nd or next Wednesday. Then I have always recorded the intro and outro separately for each episode and I marked in the Google sheet that as well. Then my team would say if they had edited the episode, had they mixed it together with the intro, were the show notes written, was the blog post set up, did we have a picture and bio of the guest, what freebie was with every episode. So this is a huge, huge Google sheet and I'll tell you This has been the source for everything we've done around this podcast. And it's nothing special. It's just creating all these columns and being diligent about filling it out every day while you're working on this project. So I would also start to note who I wanted to interview. As soon as something was booked in my calendar, I transferred it over to the Google sheet so that my team would know that there was a recording coming up. Yes, and sometimes I didn't stick to the date of the recording or a podcast episode, guests failed to show up. Then I had to change things. But this Google sheet was really our master plan for everything we did. We use Google Drive for all the documents, uh, recorded episodes. They went to Dropbox, but for all kinds of sheets. So for instance, all the bios, episode notes, the show notes, anything. Google Drive is fantastic. I also figured out, you know, when you interview a lot of guests and you want them to upload a picture, profile picture, and you want them to upload a bio. And I had two different processes for this, either through my schedule once, where some uh, guest would book themselves, or if I sent them a type form uh, to fill out because I had booked over Messenger or some other place, I realized that we had been, you know, we need time to hunt down where all these things were stored, well, you can just have a process. And I set up a process where everything was automatically saved into Google Drive. So in addition to our huge master plan Google Sheet, everything that came from the outside, every form that was filled out in relation to the podcast was saved automatically into the right folder in Google Drive. So just having a great process, even if you're doing your podcast alone, really has saved me so much time. I always know instantly where everything is in this one folder instead of maybe looking for it in various different places. Lesson four, having a great team. I realized when I decided to go on to this project, 100 podcast episodes in 100 days, that I was not going to edit my episodes myself. And... Also, this initial setup of iTunes and Libsyn and Google and everything and Stitcher and whatever else you want to host or link to your episode, I realized, well, I can can figure this all out, but it's going to cost me time. I'd rather just have someone do it for me. And I had done something smart. You know, when you're thinking of a project like this, it's actually probably burning within you for a while before you take action. So about... Several months before I took the decision to do this, I had been chatting with a podcast editor and checking the pricing and things like that. You know, you want to know what it costs to go into this kind of a project. And I had forgotten her name and I was really searching my Facebook messenger for her to figure out if this was a project she could take on and, and how much it would cost And luckily, I was able, after a lot of scrolling in my Facebook messenger feed, to find her name and, uh, you know, ask her and and, and make her excited about this project. I think it's important when you work with a team that they are as excited as you about it. Of course, they're not you and it's not their brand. But typically, a good team and a good team members are excited by working on a project that is a bit different than what everybody else is doing. And she got very excited about this, and she's made me a special offer, so actually I was probably paying a little bit less per episode than for a regular uh, editing, although it's going to cost her the same time, but of course we're doing it in a bulk, and we're doing it uh, pretty fast, 100 podcast episodes in 100 days. And... So, and then I realized when we had started, well, who's going to write the show notes? Then also, I hired a, a professional show note writer. So, I had a professional podcast editor, professional show note writer. I had my music professionally composed for me. And then my online business manager, he takes care of all the graphics and the blog posts and makes sure everything is set up and everything goes out on social media. So, basically, my job is to record the episode. Once I've recorded the episode and made sure it's in the right folder on Dropbox, my job is done. I don't even review it. I don't listen to them afterwards. I don't even read the show notes. I don't read my blog posts. I did it in the beginning and the first podcast episodes. Of course, you're curious and you're proud, but I've realized I've done it. I created the podcast episode. I'm speaking these words now. I don't need to re-listen to it or read And maybe the, you know, not everything is exactly like you want it to be, but it's 99%. And that's enough. And it's really important to learn to outsource and realize that you can focus on just the piece that you are best at and let the team take care of the rest. So I think I could not have pulled this up off without such a fantastic team. As I just mentioned before, we've had instances where I recorded the podcast episode really late And the whole team was on board to make it happen. So we never had a single delay of a podcast episode. I think we had it once where we had one podcast episode come before the next one. And then we switched it back as soon as we were out. But that was once in the beginning where we had a lot of podcast episodes. But after that, never ever we failed on not publishing at the right time. And that you can only do with an absolutely amazing team. Fifth lesson is the quality. I did not realize this before I started to do a podcast, how important quality is. But I have gotten a lot of comments about the high quality of the audio of this podcast. And that's because I hired a podcast editor. I bought a special podcast microphone. I spent time recording the podcast if I'm not happy with the quality of the audio uh, I've had actually two guests that had to come on the show again and these guests were you know we're talking about people that are very 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 busy and uh, they came back because I told them I can't release it the audio is not good or there's something wrong with the audio so don't make a compromise on the audio I know you can do a Facebook Live and and take the audio off and release it as a podcast episode. If the audio is good, yes, go ahead and do that. But I decided I'm going to record the audio separately. All the guest interviews are recorded with video, so they're going to be released later. But they're not going to have the same quality necessarily. But I focus on the quality of the audio and I don't hesitate to re-record an episode. Also not just quality of the audio, but quality of the content. I have, especially in my solo shows, I have sometimes finished, uh, you know, recording and at least two or three times my editor has even edited the show and I had these thoughts about it not being good enough. And I've always, always gone back and re-recorded it. Because think about it this, somebody discovers your podcast and the first thing they listen to is the Exactly this episode that you didn't feel so good about. I don't want that to happen. I want every episode to be good. I'm not talking about 100%. I'm not talking about perfect, but something you're proud of. And if you are not proud of it, if the content was not good enough, the quality not good enough, I recommend you do it again. And honestly, I've not had to do many episodes again. Maybe overall, they're like six or seven out of the hundred. And it's really been worth the investment. Lesson six. Well, one of the people who uh, inspired me to finally start the podcast I had been thinking about for so long was Kate Erickson. She was speaking at Social Media Marketing World earlier this year, and she shared a picture of her podcast uh, setup. It looked really easy. And how she started by reading her blog posts. And I thought, wow, that's it. That's how I can get started. So many of my solo episodes were blog posts. I didn't have many blog posts. So uh, I guess I had somewhere between 25 and 30 blog posts max. And not all of them had the content that were fitting for a podcast. So let's say 20 episode max I could reuse and just read for my podcast. Then I've done webinars. I've done over 100 webinars not all of them were fitting for a podcast, but many of them were. And I was able to find the slides, so I did not have them scripted. I found the slides and I had the bullet points from the slides and I could then record that at podcast. And then I thought to myself, okay, don't I have some other content that I can reuse for my podcast episode? I had lots of emails. Now, the emails tend to be a little bit shorter than a blog and a webinar, But I have actually, especially you will maybe see this in my shorter episodes, these are emails. These are old emails that have good stories and I have read them for the podcast. And of course, at some point you have no more content, no more backlog of content. And then, you know, I create new ones. But it was so helpful, especially when you do 100 podcast episodes in 100 days to have some content to go to. And even if you haven't done a lot of blogging or a lot of webinars like I have done, you will have content that you can go to. Any kind of emails, any kind of Facebook lives, you can have them transcribed and you can, you know, you don't have to read them word by word, but you can kind of scroll through them and pick out bullet points and it makes it so much easier to pick first content that you've already delivered before and you're going to deliver it much better the second time. The seventh lesson was that it was actually amazingly easy to get all these guest speakers. And I still have, let's say, a backlog of ideas who I can still talk to. I thought I would run out of ideas. And actually, I was asked about this as I was asking around, what should I do for my 100th episode? And they said, well, you should share about, you know, how can you come up with 100 podcast ideas? Well, to be honest, this was written into my notebook on the flight back from San Diego, from Social Media Marketing World, after Kate Erickson had inspired me by reading her blog post as a podcast episode. And Mark Schaefer, who wrote the book Known, had talked about all the people who did something out of the ordinary, like 100 podcast episodes in 100 days, or 200 YouTube videos in 200 days. I said, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something out of the ordinary. And that's, I was immediately thinking, oh, do I have 100 podcast ideas? Do I have enough topics? And on the plane, on the way back to Switzerland, I listed down over 100 topics. And then I thought to myself, well, that's easy. So what we did when I created the master plan, the Excel sheet that I've mentioned before, we put in all the topics and I haven't used all of them. Some of them didn't fit a fit and, you know, I always make sure that I'm excited about a topic, that I'm energized about it so I can really talk, like I'm talking to you now. I'm so excited that this is the 100th episode and I can share with you my lessons. So some podcast topics have not been covered yet, but this list was so helpful to get started. And no, I have never run out of a topic. And what you can easily do, you can ask your subscribers, your listener, your clients, what would they like you to talk about? I've regularly also asked in my special podcast group, you know, who they would like me to interview. And I always get great ideas. Now they're mentioning more more and more famous people. So let me see how that works out. But it's been really easy. I've been lucky to actually know a lot of the people, actually all of the people I've interviewed, with few exceptions, I have known. You know, I've gone to Social Media Marketing World three times. I'm going the fourth time next year. And just by hanging out at Social Media Marketing World, talking to the speakers, it was so easy for me to approach these people again for the podcast and even... If I was approaching people I had never, uh, you know, spoken to before, like Kate Ericsson and Mark Schaefer, I could tell them, hey, you inspired me to start this podcast finally. And then they were also very eager to come and talk to me. So it is not difficult to get podcast guests. A very good hint that one of my guests suggested to me was always to ask your guests for recommendations. I tend to forget this. I only remember this with few of my guests, but you can ask your guest as you're wrapping up the podcast episode, you're finished recording and you're just saying, oh yeah, I'll tell you when this was, will be released. Da, 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 da. Ask the person, who are the two people you would recommend I interview? You know, this is the type of listeners I have. This is my target group. Do you know anyone? And could you maybe connect us? Because that's the best way to actually get more guest speakers is to have your previous guest speakers connect you with other guest speakers. Lesson eight. I have two home offices, one in Iceland and one in Switzerland. I have the same podcast setup. I have the same microphone. So I can just sit down and record this. I actually came in from Iceland yesterday. Now I'm in Switzerland recording this and I can just start recording. But it's also important to me To not be constrained that I can only record in my home office. So I did get a travel microphone, actually two, so I could record interviews on the road. Now, I've not used it a lot, but about at least two interviews out of the hundred were recorded in Laguna Beach. In the middle of a mastermind retreat... And the quality is still good. It's, you're going to notice a slight difference, of course, because it's a different microphone, different background, everything. But it's really important for me to be able to record from the road. I use a Zoom recorder and I can plug in the two microphones and then I don't even need a laptop and I can just record anywhere. And if you're going to a conference, you're going to a workshop or a seminar and you expect maybe your favorite guest speaker to be there Don't hesitate. Bring your equipment. See if they have 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes and you can record it on the road and then it's done and it's easier for them, easier for you. And, uh, you know, for me, it was also important to be able to stay on schedule. Lesson nine. When I was doing my solo shows and some of them have been quite a struggle, I can just be honest about that. Doing a solo show is a lot harder than having guest speakers. And I've done client case studies. I've done honor coaching. So those are also with guest speakers, of course. I would say about one third of my podcast episodes are solo shows. And uh, if I didn't have a blog post or webinar or an email or something to read, it's been quite hard to get going. And in the beginning, I did script I kind of wrote everything that I was going to say and then I just read it. But of course, that is not a very good use of your time. But in the beginning, I found it really helpful because I would otherwise just stop and not know what to say next. Now with more experience, and that's one of the huge advantages of doing 100 episodes in 100 days, you get more experienced. And now I can sit down with 10 bullet points And do a podcast episode like this one. Yes, I will make a few mistakes, but it's not so hard. You know, think of it this way. If you would do a Facebook Live or a webinar, would you constantly just pause and go back if you did a little mistake? No. And the podcast episode can be the same. It doesn't have to be perfect. Start with a script and then try as soon as possible to just speak from bullet points. And that's what I have been practicing more and more on my solo shows. Last but not least lesson. I have been asked about it. What does it cost to do 100 podcast episodes in 100 days? And I actually did the calculation. And I, you know, I have two setups. I have two home offices, so I have two microphones. I also have two microphones for the road. I bought two Zoom recorders, one to travel with and one to keep fixed. So I've made quite an investment. I also have a professional podcast editor, show note writer. I don't count into this investment uh, my team that is anyway working for me, like my online business manager, but it it was an investment of $100 per episode. So 100 times 100 is $10,000. I find it totally worth the investment. Of course, if you don't have $10,000, it sounds a lot. But think of it this way. Each podcast episode is going to live on pretty much forever. iTunes is a fantastic search engine. People are going to find you. Every episode I do is on my blog. If I, if I would have to ask someone to write a blog post for me, it's going to cost me a lot more than $100. This way, I have an audio I have a transcript, I have the blog post, I have the images, I have this uh, podcast episode not just on Libsyn but also Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. It's all over the place. $100 per episode, it's really worth it. If you want to do it yourself, I wonder what your hourly rate is that you are thinking of for yourself because it's going to cost a lot more than one hour to... uh, you know, edit the episode. Each of my episodes is less than half an hour, approximately. Now, editing it takes more than half an hour. Transcribing it, more than half an hour. So you see, suddenly your hourly rate is $25 and not 100 if you think of it this way. So yes, doing a podcast is an investment. Whether you want to edit itself or do the show notes yourself or have a team do it, It doesn't matter. It's always an investment. And I think it's key to learn to outsource and focus on what you really do best and where your content has to come from, which is you, and then have a team to do the rest for you. These were my 10 key lessons and takeaways from doing 100 podcast episodes in 100 days. I must say, I am really proud to have pulled this off. I am super grateful for my team to have been with me there. You know, whether it was an evening or a weekend, we never had a failure. Every podcast episode was published on time. And I think that's truly amazing. And to this high quality, I couldn't be prouder of having pulled this off with such an amazing team. So what's happening next? Yes, I'm not going to do daily podcast episode anymore. It's quite, it, it actually, towards the end, it became more difficult. You know, I'm traveling, I'm on the road, I have other things to do. I'm running Samba, I have various mastermind groups and programs. You know, daily podcast episode doesn't really make sense for the long term. It was great for launching, to get Buzz out there, to create lots of content. And now it's time to slow a little bit down. I'm going to do three podcast episodes a week Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's a mixture of solo shows, on air coaching, and guest interviews. So every week there will be a guest interview. Every week there's a solo show. And every week there is on air coaching or client case study or something where I speak with my clients. And I could not have decided this setup. Until I did the 100 podcast episode and realized what I like and what my listeners like, they like the mixture. And I've gotten great feedback about all the different versions of these types of podcast episodes. So if you are thinking of launching a podcast or you're running a podcast right now, try the mixture. You know, solo shows are great, but often guest speakers are wonderful. It also saves you a lot of time. And talking to your clients, doing on-air coaching. It's been a wonderful experience and I'm looking forward to a lot lot more in future episodes. Get my podcasting resources and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 100. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.